Hello friends, welcome to the Hillside Church Podcast. My name is Brad and I serve Hillside Church as the lead pastor. We're so glad to be able to share God's word with you in this way. God has so much in store for you and for your life. And one of the ways God works in our lives is through the study of his word, like the message you're about to hear. Our prayer for you is that as you share in this message, if it's me preaching or if it's someone else, is that God's word would minister to your heart and life in a most powerful way. Thanks again for being part of our church family. God bless you. This week, um, we are starting a brand new sermon series to turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 1. Um, you can find us. We're going to be Luke chapter 1 this morning. This week, um, we're going to start into a Christmas-themed sermon series that will lead us through until Christmas morning. Um, we are going to be here for church, live and in person on Christmas Day. Um, it just doesn't seem right to cancel church because it's Jesus' birthday. To, to, oh, well, you know, it's Jesus is born today. Let's stay home. That, that doesn't seem like quite the... Now, I don't say that as, you know, as some kind of guilt trip of like, oh, you've got family plans, so you can't come. But, but as the pastor of the church, as we're looking at these things and making the decision, it's just hard to get around that. To say, well, you know, it would sure be easier if I, just, if I was making a turkey to just stay home. But it's Jesus' birthday. Um, so we're going to come together and we're going to celebrate on Jesus' birthday. We're going to have church at 1045 on Christmas Day morning. Um, it's going to be much shorter, 40 minutes or so. We're going to have some Christmas carols. We're going to hear from the word of the Lord. And then we're going to be able to... Uh, to have some other fun things taking place. But if you'd like to join us on Christmas morning, you are welcome, you are invited to be here. But all that to say, um, this sermon series will be wrapping up on Christmas morning. And, and what we're going to do this morning, what we're going to take some time to do th today and for the next couple of days, is we are going to take a look at some parts of the Christmas story, you know, that kind of makes sense, Christmas, Christmas story, um, but we're going to take a look at some of the parts of the Christmas story that we tend to just sort of skip over. Um, because we love the narrative. We love the story of the Christmas story. We want to read about the angel appearing to Mary and the angel appearing to Joseph and the angels appearing to the, to the shepherds. And we want to read about the wise men and we want to read about there being no room for them at the end. We want to read the story of the Christmas story. But interspersed throughout the narrative... We have these moments where it's recorded as if it seems like some people break out into song. That the Christmas story becomes a musical. That, that the Christmas story becomes these moments where, where it's recorded. I'll say, and then there was a song that was sung. And so what we're going to do is for the next four Sundays, we're going to take a look at the first Christmas carols. The first songs that were sung because of Christmas, the first songs that were sung recorded in your Bibles around Christmas. And this week we're going we're gonna to take a look at the first song of Christmas, the first song sung in response to Christmas, the story of Mary, or the, the Mary's song of praise. 
But to understand Mary's song, first we have to understand why she's singing it. Without any context, it doesn't make much sense. And so we're going to unpack just, you know, why Mary is singing this song. And so we're actually introduced to Mary, who will be, go on, spoiler, to become the mother of Jesus. And we're first introduced to her in Luke, or verse 26 of Luke 1. Right after, we meet Mary's cousin Elizabeth and her husband Zachariah. More on them next week. But we're going to read starting at verse 26, where it says, In the sixth month, or the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town called Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel said to her, Greetings, who, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at the words, wondering what kind of greeting this might be. And we can, we can have that in our, in our stories, right? That, that if you haven't talked to somebody in a while, and, Hey, Brad, I haven't talked to you in so How are you? It's so good to be. And you think, What are you going to ask me? I think this is, is, is particularly palpable if you own a pickup truck. <laughs> that all of a sudden, some friend you haven't talked to in months, all of a sudden rings you, hey, we haven't talked in ages, how are you doing? I'm moving next week. Oh. So the angel appears to Mary and says, greetings, you who are highly favored in the Lord. And Mary says, what's happening here? What is going on? She, she has this moment where she's confused by what's happening. The angel comes to Mary and, and Mary says, why is an angel speaking to me and why are they buttering me up? And so we read in verse 30. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give, give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. What a message to hear. What, could you imagine the, the overwhelming and yet the joy that that would bring? That, that an angel from heaven shows up and says, you're going to have a baby, and this is who your baby is going to be, and unpacks that your baby is going to be the Messiah, the Savior. Your baby's going to be the Son of God. Your baby is the most significant person in the history of the world. Now, most of us who are parents believe that about our children. That I look at and I go, my kids are so, they are the most significant people in the world. And you believe that about your kids. But this is actually some external validation to that point. That, that your child is going to be the most incredible thing that has ever happened. Only one problem. Mary's not married. And she's engaged. So, the guy who she's marrying may have some strong feelings about this amazing message. And Mary jumps right to the heart of the issue saying, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? 
The angel answered her and said, the, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The angel lets her know, it's going to be an act of God. And then the angel lets her know a handful of other things that are taking place at the same time. She says, do you know your, your cousin Elizabeth? Um, she's pregnant right now too. She, now, now, Mary's cousin Elizabeth, she's much older than, than Elizabeth. And so Mary says, well, okay, I'm going to go see my cousin. To, you know, to, to go see and, and celebrate all that's taking, but also maybe to check and see if this is really an angel or just some bad couscous. We're going to go, you know, she said Elizabeth is pregnant. Well, let's, let's go find out if Elizabeth is pregnant. And so Mary goes to, to see Elizabeth, and the baby that's inside Elizabeth, again, more on that next week, jumps at the arrival of Mary and her baby. And Elizabeth exclaims these words, jumping down to verse 42. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. What a greeting again. She comes and her sister, who am I that my cousin would come and visit me? That's a, that's a big, a big statement. And it, it's Mary's response to this that we have our first song of Christmas, Mary's song of praise. So from verse 46 to verse 55, we read Mary's song where she says, Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary, or his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Now, this passage that we just read, Mary's song, it has a, a fancy name in Christian tradition. It's called the Magnificant. The Magnificat is, is the name of this. It's a Latin thing, and it means the, my soul glorifies the Lord. But that's, that's the fancy name that we have for it. But really what it is, it's, it's the overflow of all that Mary is taking in and learning. As, as this angel comes and delivers this incredible message to her, and then she goes and finds her cousin Elizabeth, and, and Elizabeth confirms everything the angel says. And, and there's just the, this moment where all that's taking place in her life, each part of her life and her story, it's changing. And before her very eyes, she's seeing God's plan for her life 
unfold before her. And it starts to sink in that God is doing something in her life, that this is all real, that the angel was real, the baby was real, and who this baby's going to be, that's real. And Mary's heart just pours out these words. And what, and what Mary teaches us about our personal walk with Christ in these verses is so powerful. There's five things that I want to, to give to you, I want to look at coming out of this song, five things that we can take away from this for our own lives and in our own, in our own walk with the Lord, five things that might challenge you, that, that you might hear, oh, I need to be better at that, or five things that might encourage you. Oh, thank you, Jesus, the pastor, I'm, I, that's something I feel like I'm, I'm strong at. But five things we're going to take away from Mary's song. The first thing that, that comes out in this song is something that you might not actually have noticed at all when we read it, unless you're very familiar with the entire Old Testament. But Mary's song is full of references to the Old Testament. The first thing that Mary's song shows us that we can be encouraged in, that, that we can take and apply to our own lives, is that Mary knew her Bible. As, as her heart overflowed, as she's experiencing all of this, and, and we see her heart overflow into the song, what flowed out? The Bible. The Bible is what flows out of Mary's heart. She makes references to passages found in Psalm 22, Psalm 44, Psalm 103, and she also references the same kind of song sung by a woman named Hannah found in 1 Samuel. And just like Mary, Hannah sings this song of praise when God tells her, you're going to have a child. And Hannah sings this song to the Lord, and Mary makes reference to that. And so we see in just these couple of verses, we see Mary's heart for the word of God. That as, as she, her life and her heart and her mind is just overflowing with what God has done, what flows out? Scripture. Her heart is full with the Bible. Mary knew the scriptures. We'll read in, in the Bible, we'll see that Mary had them hidden in her heart. David will say that he wants to hide God's word in his heart, that he wouldn't sin against him. That Mary, the overflow of Mary's heart is the Bible. And so today, for you, for me, what's the overflow of our heart? When, when things go bad in our lives, what do we, what comes out? When things go good in our lives, what comes out? Mary's heart went to God's word. And that's something that we can all aspire to. That we can look at, I, I need to respond more with the word of God. The second thing that we see in Mary is Mary's heart. Mary had a heart of humility. See, we, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had our parent-teacher interviews with, with Owen's Teachers. And, and it was the only reason I'm referencing Owen is because it was the most recent. But we went to, to his parent-teacher interviews. And, and his parent his teachers said, 
Owen is so smart. He, he, is, he is just so bright. And do you know what happens in my heart when I hear that? Yeah, that's right. He didn't get it from me. Thank you, Yvonne. Um, no, no, that's, that's not what happens inside my heart. What happens inside my heart is, that's right. And it makes me feel really good when the teacher's like, oh, yeah, he, he, you know, he's so smart. He, 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 he's an example to the other kids. He works so hard. He gets all of his stuff done. He, he's great. And I start to go, huh. I got this thing pretty figured out here. I'm a good, yeah, it's great that he's good, but let's talk about where the stock that that came from. Because that's really what, it's the gene, you know, is it nature or nurture? I'm pretty sure it's nature. And nurture, it's, you know, we, we did that. This could have been a moment of ego for Mary. An angel shows up and says, you're going to have the Son of God. And then you go see your cousin. I'm so blessed to have you here. You, who? I'm not worthy. And there could be this moment where Mary kind of goes, I guess I'm a pretty big deal. You should be glad that I'm here visiting you. I, I, nobody else gets this job. I'm a pretty big deal. A couple times... From a couple different people. They said specifically, you, you've been highly favored by God. How much would we like to hear that? And how hard would it be to hear that and remain humble? But Mary, in verse 47, says, My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. We read that one of the first things she, she recognizes is that, that God is her savior, meaning she recognizes, I, I need a savior. Rather than allowing herself to become puffed up, she immediately reminds herself of her need of God in her life. Sometimes we can forget what it is that God's done for us in our utter reliance on him for everything. And here, as Mary is experiencing this news that no one has experienced since and no one experienced before, that this is the most incredible thing that's taking place, her first thoughts, as we read their scripture, and her first thought is, I need God for this. I'm not this special person. I need God's help in all of this. The third thing that we can see from Mary's song is verses 46 through 49 specifically show us that Mary has a heart of thankfulness. Mary's mind could have gone a whole bunch of different places with this, and we'll talk more about that in a sec. But at least according to the story, she hasn't told her fiancé yet. That could weigh heavy on you. At least according to the story, she hasn't told her mom and dad yet. That could weigh pretty heavy on you. She was pregnant. And the baby is God. That's some pressure for a first-time parent. 
You know, I remember when, when we brought Owen home from the hospital the first time, the pressure of driving home from the hospital. Everyone was a maniac that day. I have never seen a collection of bad drivers like I did on that drive from the Peter Lougheed to every single bad driver in the city of Calgary must have been out that day because they were all insane and everybody's not turning their signal lights on soon enough and changing lanes and everybody's trying to seemingly ram into our car. It's a lot of pressure to have a newborn baby. But Mary's baby is God. I imagine there's a whole added level of pressure that comes along with that. Instead, she focuses on giving thanks. She says in verse 49, For the Mighty One has done great things for me. God has done this amazing thing, this wonderful thing for me. But this, this can happen to us today. We, we put our focus on the negative or we can put our focus on the negative of every situation we face. We can see all the bad things that might happen, that could happen, all of the bad. But Mary shows us that even in the most wild, uncertain moments, we can still have a heart of thanks towards God. The, the, fourth, the fourth thing that we, we see is that Mary trusted in God. In verses 54 and 55, Mary, Mary speaks or sings of, of, the, of Abraham and the covenant that God made with him and God's faithfulness to that covenant. Mary reminds herself of a promise that God made thousands of years before this moment. And she sees God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness there. And she knows that the same God will be faithful to her now. She trusts that God will keep his promises. Shouldn't we do the same? Even in hard times, we must keep the faith and trust that our God has it all under control. That we can look at the story of Mary and quote the story of Mary just like she quoted the story of Abraham. We can quote the story of Abraham just like Mary did. That we can, I'm putting my faith in that God. The God who was faithful to Abraham, the God who was faithful to Mary, I am putting my faith in that God, and that can allow me to trust him today because of who he's been. And the last thing that I want to mention today is I want to highlight for you what it is that Mary doesn't talk about in her song. She doesn't talk about being pregnant. She, she doesn't talk about becoming a mom. Mary's eyes were, were not on what could be. She, no doubt, has some anxiety, some worry, some fear, because she lived in a community that was not going to be kind to her. That as, as she begins to show and this baby begins to grow, the community that she lives inside of is not kind to unwed mothers. And being engaged doesn't count. 
And so there can be worry and fear. She, she was a virgin, but yet she's going to have a baby. That's going to be really hard for people to swallow. Yes, I'm pregnant, but don't worry, it's God's. To all of the parents in the room, if one of your children came home and told you that, are you going to believe them? No. (laughs) For all of us in the room, you show up at a friend's house. Guess what? I've got news. I'm having a baby, and it's God's. Are you going to believe them? Of course not. of Of all the things you could possibly come up with, that was the best? You need to work on your lying, friend. (laughs) That is not a convincing story. But none of this shows up in her prayer. She doesn't pray, God, give me the right words to speak to Joseph. God, since you're, you're, you're doing this to me, since you're leading me through all of this, God, make people be kind to me. God... Help them to say their mean words behind my back, not to my face. None of of that shows up in what she's praying about. She doesn't pray for strength or mercy or God to help with that. Her song isn't about her. Her song isn't about her circumstance. Her song is about who God is. And what she knows him to be. She doesn't look at the mountains in front of her. She just looks at her God. Knowing the mountains don't matter. This is a living picture. Of if God is for me. Who can be against me? If God is for me, what can man do to me? As, as she stands on the edge of this, these moments where everything is going to change, we'll, we'll read in scripture that she stays with Elizabeth for three months. When she goes home to see Joseph, it's right into the frying pan. There's going to be questions, there's going to be concerns. But she looks at her life and her circumstance and says, if God is for me, who can be against me. And that's really where I want to leave us in this song. Where are our eyes this Christmas? Are they on God? On who he is and what he's done for us? That God sent his son? Or are our eyes on everything else that Christmas can bring? See, we can complain about the busyness We always experience while preparing for Christmas and worry about how conversations will go when we communicate with difficult family members. Or we can rejoice in what God has done through Jesus Christ. We could grind our way through the season trying to fulfill other people's expectations of us and our expectations of ourselves 
or we can acknowledge that everything we have is from God's grace. See, we could become discouraged at the coercive advertising, consumerism, cynicism, and the lack of Christ and Christmas in the world around us. Or we can connect with what God has done for us in that first Christmas and what he's still doing today in his salvation history that spans the distant past, affects us today, and looks ahead to a glorious future. See, we could focus on ourselves, our immediate desire for gratification and, and the presence, the material goods that we want to get or give for Christmas. Or we can be thankful for everything that God has done for us in the coming of our son. See, none of those things are bad. It's not bad to want to give good gifts. It's not bad to look at the, the way that our world interacts with Christmas and be frustrated by it. It's not bad to say, we're going to just get through all of this. These aren't bad things, but they're not good things when they stop us from seeing Christmas. We can have our eyes and our minds and our hearts focused on everything going on around us. Or, like in Mary's song, we can see what it looks like to have our eyes focused and fixed on Jesus. And as the song says, the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you today for me and for all, all of my friends gathered here today, for all of those watching online, for all those listening. And God, I pray that as we enter into December and we enter into this, this Christmas season and all that Christmas can be, all that our lives can be, all that's going to take place over the coming weeks and God, even beyond that into the coming months and years, God, would you help us to have our eyes focused on you? God, may we not be afraid, may we not be worried, may we not have somehow some kind of our eyes fixed on the mountain. God, may we not see the mountain, but may we look to the one who can lower the mountain. God, may our eyes not be fixed on the valley, but God, may we fix our eyes on the one who can raise the valley. God, would you help us to not miss you in all that life is? Not miss you and all of the busyness, all of the hecticness, all of the difficulties, all of the victories in the, in the difficult moments and in the most celebratory of moments. God, may we not miss you. But God, as we, we saw in Mary, may the overflow of our hearts be who you are and what you've done for us. May we not be a people who miss who you are and what you've done. But may we be a people whose hearts and minds and lives and the busyness of Christmas and, and all that Christmas can be, the good and the bad, God, may our hearts and our lives 
proclaim joy to the world. The Lord has come. And may everything else fall by the wayside, grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks again for being a part of this message from Hillside Church. We pray that God was able to speak to you through what was shared. We're so grateful to be able to share God's word with our church community and family, and that includes you. And we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hillside Airdrie. You can contact us through email at info at hillsideairdrie.ca. Or you can go to hillsideairdrie.ca and click on contact us from the main menu. Or you can find our pastoral team contact by clicking on our pastors from the Our Church drop-down menu. Our vision for everyone that shares in Hillside Church is that they would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power in their lives. And we pray this message ministered to you. At Hillside Church, we're a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. As family we go. For he alone is worth.